Hope's Harbor, Gritty Bible Devotions by David Bradley. What is your greatest need? Key verses are John 3.3. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. John 15.11 And these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. First, I have a favor to ask before we get on with the devotion. Would you go, as soon as convenient, to info at hopesharbor.net, and that's H-O-P-E-S-H-A-R-B-O-R, hopesharbor.net, and let me know in one or two words what is your greatest need, please. This will help me in coming episodes if I can address the kinds of issues that you're facing. And I'll keep it anonymous. And thank you in advance. So our our greatest need, would you agree it is a matter of perception? Of us understanding the surrounding circumstances of our lives? I believe so. Although it's easy to find a routine and settle into it without giving much thought to our actual greatest need. The things that are pressing for our attention and money, they seem great. Not wonderful, not important, such as obtaining food, maintaining shelter, or whatever it may be. But transportation, it also comes to mind. And now with the rising fuel cost, having enough money to buy fuel just to get to work and back has also become a great need. And all of these and more are needs we must provide for, you know, at least to some degree. But have you ever stopped to wonder the point of it all? Are our lives here just to survive, as great as that need is? Well, Jesus addressed this principle in Matthew 6.25. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Let's take a moment to think beyond those needs facing us every day and see if there's a greater need that's going unmet. The devotion focus is looking beyond the obvious. To find the answer requires we go to the beginning of recorded history in the Bible. In the beginning, God. That's Genesis 1-1. Now, eventually God created man and woman, not only for each other, but for himself, for relationship. And God met their basic physical needs, of course. But those needs served a further need that of communion with God. He walked among the garden where Adam and Eve resided, and when they broke the relationship with God through disobedience, the needs facing them became their primary concern. Adam was banished from God's garden presence to till the ground. Now, have you ever farmed, raised crops? It is hard work. When I worked the fields where we grew corn, beans, tomatoes, and so forth, I figured out pretty quick I was no farmer, but my stepfather understood the need to grow some of our food because his job didn't pay enough to feed, clothe, and houses. My family life then became one of necessity, not so much relationship other than that of close proximity, and there were seven of us. Now, what I didn't understand as a young man was a relationship with God was a great need going unmet. I viewed anything to do with God as a chore. Going to church when I would rather sleep in on Sundays, keeping rules about my language, my attitude, 
and this one kept me in trouble at home and school, and keeping up with my obligations to the family and chores, and then even hearing about the need to be saved, preached often, I only viewed it as a need to avoid going to hell. As this pattern developed into a habitual lifestyle, I was in trouble but didn't know it. And as I grew older, into my 30s, I was miserable but didn't know why. I knew something was wrong but didn't know what it was. And then I went through a three-month period of suicidal depression, not understanding what was happening to me. And then I think it was several years later, and I was about 34 years old, when I heard a message on Focus on the Family with Dr. James Dobson that changed everything. My life then took a different trajectory. Dr. Dobson was interviewing a psychologist, Dr. Jim Conway, I believe it was. And Dr. Conway at one point described his own struggles trying to understand what was wrong with him. And that got my attention. A psychologist with problems? But in his attempts to fix himself, he went and obtained several degrees within the field of psychology. I think it was a couple of doctorates and PhDs but nothing worked. And finally, he submitted to counseling. I I thought that was ironic for a psychologist to need counseling, though I understand it makes perfect sense now, but it didn't 35, 36 years ago. Anyway, at one point, Dr. Conway was asked during a counseling session to describe his relationship with his father, and he resisted, wanting to stay with the matter at hand and not delve into his past. But eventually, He told about events from his childhood, and when as I listened, I was shocked because his childhood paralleled my own concerning violence, like the violence that he went through, and even methods of punishment were similar, involving uh, what to me was mental torture by being made to wait for a beating and given time to dread it. And bear with me here. Uh, The point of this, of telling this, is to help you see that sometimes We cannot know our greatest need until it's revealed, and this happens a lot of the time when we're suffering and forced to seek help or to seek answers. And that day when I heard Dr. Conway's story, his life story, it was an eye-opening experience of the deepest kind. I began sobbing to the point I had to pull over to the shoulder of the road until I could regain control. You see, it was because in that moment, I understood I wasn't losing my mind all those years or going crazy or feeling like I was uh, defective. And the truth was my life was wounded emotionally and mentally by past violence. And then I saw my need to get help and soon I found a counselor. Now, I gave this example to draw attention to the need for us to examine life as it is and to see if we've met that great need within us. And you know something? The need for counseling came to light several years after I yielded myself to the greatest need any person will ever have, and that involved eternal destiny. The point being, our greatest needs will change in time only after we meet them, starting with the most important and to others as they are revealed to us. So in summary, life presents us with unmet needs every day, and what are we doing about them? Are we in a happy bubble, living in denial and avoiding facing issues causing us pain and unhappiness? There's any number of reasons for avoiding painful events from the past. But like cancer, those wounds will grow in pain given enough time. 
Either you will numb out to the reality of your life or face spiritual surgery and get help to meet your greatest need for healing. This can be healing for eternity or just healing for tomorrow. Now the action to consider. Take time to consider and then (laughs) write down what you understand is your greatest need. Ask yourself what the next step to address the issue is. Then take that step and then the next one. Now, next week's devotion is a practical look at every person's greatest spiritual need. You've been listening to Hope's Harbor, gritty Bible devotions by David Bradley. To get show notes, visit hopesharbor.net.